Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. All right. Stand with me if you would, please. Hold your Bibles up and uh, your iPhones, whatever you have. For those of you who are guests, this is our thing of opening our hearts to what God has to say. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. Maybe seated. Well, this is a very, very special, special day. We honor mothers, but we also honor the, the quality that God put in women that is very unique. And uh, we realize today that there are women in here who have not been able to bear children, who have lost children. We want to be very sensitive to you. This is a... Very difficult day for some, and a celebratory day for others. It is the second most popular holiday with regards to gifts uh, throughout the whole year. Christmas being first, Mother's Day being second. It's the third most popular Hallmark Day of card exchange, uh, second only to Christmas and Valentine's Day. So Mother's Day is a very recognized day in our culture, in our world. And we want to recognize you moms. And uh, those of you who, believe it or not, may not have children of your own biologically. Uh, maybe you've not even uh, had any children in your life that you would call yours. But you have had an impact on children, whether you know it or not. Some of you, as Mother Teresa did, have chosen to help others with their, their children or abandoned children. Uh, maybe you're the neighborhood mom uh, that you just try to take care of kids in the neighborhood you're very special and we want to be very aware of your life today and and try I'll try my very best to speak to you today in a way that would bring encouragement to you honestly as a pastor uh, this is probably the most difficult Sunday for me all year I feel absolutely not qualified to speak on what I'm about to speak of so I've done homework this week to try and find out what other mothers would say and other women would say about being mothers so I will do my my very best to speak to your situation and I will speak to men and children as well as to what our role is on this very special day Uh, the world has in, in so many ways lost its way one of which is that we have because uh, we have not known how to respond to the lack of equality between men and women. Uh, For so many years, and still to this day, uh, our society is primarily patriarchal, and it it centers itself around men, and that's not God's plan. Everyone in here, male and female, is just as valuable to our society and to God, and nobody is better than anyone else. Gender-wise, we're all the same. And I want women to feel that value today. I want you to realize that, that you are very, very significant 
And, uh, you know, the Bible in a couple of places really intrigues me, uh, one of which is when the, the verse that says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. In other words, would we as men still have the same favor without you? Well, you know, I can't speak to that, but I just know that verse is very clear that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So women, if nothing else, you're a good thing. And you've just really helped us with some favor up in here, all right? So uh, we honor you today. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, when I look at, at moms and I look at my mother, my mother was really the spiritual head of our household. My dad was a good man. He's since passed, and he's in heaven today. But my mother was the one who prayed for us and and. and you know, she played piano in our little bitty church growing up. I hated my little church growing up. It wasn't that I hated the church. I didn't like me. I mean, you know, if you don't, sometimes you don't like something, you don't like yourself first. But I remember her playing the piano, and she dragged three of us little boys to church. My dad worked seven days a week. He worked two or three jobs just to make ends meet. And so he didn't, uh, wasn't in church with us. And so I was going through some of my Bibles. I have a Bible collection, as you can only imagine. When I was broken into in September, they didn't take one of them. Uh, <laughs> most valuable thing in my house right here, and they didn't take it. Uh, but this Bible is special to me. As I was looking through it, I, I, I really just was unpacking yesterday and, and ran across this. And it was a Bible that I thought, well, it says uh, to Mr. and Mrs. J.H. Crow, which is my mom and dad. And I thought, I wonder where they got that and I opened it up and it was from me and many years ago when Oral Roberts did the commentary I, I uh, to help build City of Faith he sold these Bibles for $100 so I bought one from my mom and dad and I put to mom and dad thanks for your prayers and support during difficult times as well as the good times all decisions are not easy but it helps when you have parents like you well I, I started thumbing through it and I found pictures of nephews and nieces that my mom would get down on her knees in our living room and and she would kneel and she would pray and she would read uh her bible and uh in romans chapter four i'll, I'll have to she has uh, she doesn't know who i am today but I, one of these days when i get to heaven i'm going to ask her why uh, she wrote my name by some of these <laughs> neither one of my brother's names are mentioned in here but she put mine down i don't know if she loved me more or, or thought i needed more prayer than them but she had dates, and one of them said, you know, like at uh, 2 a.m. on 11-9-2006, and, and she had my name. So, you know, you moms, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, you make a difference. I, I, for some reason, think God has just a real sensitive ear to your prayers, and we thank God for you. But, you know, sometimes mothers can also be a little bit, uh, a little busy. My mother always in my business. Always in my business. What are you doing? Where have you been? What are you? I mean, you know, my dad, he's just like, God help him, you know. But my mama, she's always in my business. There was a man whose mother was that way. As a matter of fact, he called her actually hypercritical. He loved her. But when he was a teenager, he dated. No girl ever seemed to meet his mother's standards. And when his 20s, he, he, he kept trying. And every girl he'd bring home, finally, she'd just say, you know, this and that. And discouraged him. So finally, he just finally quit dating. And finally, in his 30s, he loved his mother so much and respected her and honored her that he just thought, you know, I, I need to find a lady that my mother can love the way I love her. And so finally, in his early 30s, he thought, man, I, I, I just, I want to get married. I don't want to live alone. I want to have children. And, 
And so finally, he met the woman of his dreams. And he thought, man, how can I, how can I introduce her to my mother without her just really quickly jumping to conclusions about who she is or isn't? And uh, so what he decided is he had, you know, because he's in his 30s, he had a lot of friends, male and female, that, that there was not a, uh, you know, a relational interest beyond friendship. And so he decided he would invite three of his female friends about the same age, along with the woman he wanted to marry, to his house just to have lunch with his mother and, and uh, just kind of gently uh, hope to introduce this new love to her. Well, so they had lunch. Everything went really well. And. And uh, at the end of lunch, you know, he wanted to keep this down low and, you know, just really keep it quiet for a little bit. So all, of the, all four of the women left, including the woman that he wanted his mother to approve of and love, but never pointed her out. And so when all four of the women left, uh, he and his mother went back inside the house. And he said, Mom, do you know which woman it was or that it is that I want to marry? And uh, his mother said, uh, it's the one with the short hair. And he was astonished. He said, how'd you know? Because she's the one I didn't like. <laughs> Some things you just can't get past a mom. <laughs> you know, moms, you have a unique role, a difficult role. For starters, uh, your body takes on different shapes than any human being could ever imagine when you get pregnant and you for nine months you carry another life inside you and you sacrifice so much and you give up so much and there's something that's very different not just uh, from a physical appearance but but chemically and how you think and how you feel and I, I'm so sorry and so sad in a society that uh, we have not done a really good job of honoring and recognizing and applauding those differences uh, and, and today it would be my prayer that just the few moments I have to share what I have to share would cause you to maybe in some way find out who you are. Um, you're, not, you're not who you are because you're a mother. You are who you are because who God made you. But God has gifted you uh, to be something different and someone different and very special and very unique. Uh, this lady writes... Just some really humorous thoughts. My mother taught me religion. She said, you'd better pray. That will come out of the carpet. <laughs> My mother taught me time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. So many things our mothers teach us. My mother taught me irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about weather. This room of yours looks like a tornado went through it. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until we get home. My mother taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. My mother taught me about justice. One day, you'll have kids and I hope they turn out just like you <laughs> so many threats so many things that we learn from moms and and um, you do offer something very special to our world and hopefully today I can 
just present a few of those. Number one, I got this uh, from a lady that is a communicator and teacher. She said, motherhood is evidence of God's mercy. Uh, you know, in the garden, Adam and Eve ate from the tree that they were not supposed to eat from. And uh, they were called to be fruitful and to multiply. And, and out of that act of disobedience, it changed all of our arrangement with God and God's arrangement with us. But God was never finished. Even in that moment of disobedience, he already had a plan to send his only begotten son to rebuild a relationship between us and him. And it's the mercy of God. And God chose you women to be the givers of life. I was asked once when I was running across America for the unborn. I was asked to preach at many different denominational churches and many different kinds of churches. Because uh, the, uh, the, the, the movement to value life inside the womb was brought a lot of different churches together, a lot of Christians together, some good, some bad, some mean, some kind. It was always my prayer that, that whatever I would do to represent life and the gift of life, that I would do it in such a way that it would be redemptive, that it would be positive, that it would not be judgmental, and it would not be mean. Because so many women have been touched by abortion that I've talked to many, and, and some of you in here have experienced that. And I want to tell you today, God loves you. And that his forgiveness extends to you today. So walk free. Don't beat yourself up another day. But I was preaching at a large Catholic church. And uh, if you'll recall the first miracle of Jesus. When Mary, his mother, looked at him. He, and she looked around. And he, this is when he was turning water into wine, not Kool-Aid. I'll leave that one for lunchtime. She said, do whatever he tells you to do. You know, there was authority there. They didn't ask his father. It was his mother. And she's the one that pointed to the first miracle. You have no idea the power that you possess in a world that has often treated you in condescending fashion with disrespect and dishonor. And... Uh, Today, I want to help as much as I possibly can build your esteem to the place where it's pointed in the right direction and it's pointed in an upward direction where God can touch your life and you can begin to grow. But she says, Mother is the evidence of God's mercy. And it is. God had mercy on us after the fall in the garden. Secondly, motherhood is a gift even when your feelings disagree. And, and there's something that, you know, I... I can't even imagine the fatigue that some of you moms feel. You know, we, in a society that, like I said, is primarily patriarchal and, and in the world that is evolving into uh, equality in, in ways that I believe it should in every way. Uh, and, and yet, at the same time, there are specific roles. Uh, you know, you are the sustenance uh, to a baby in the, in the natural, old-fashioned sense. God gifted you with something a man could never do. And that made you unique and special and still does. But the reality is that many times in the middle of the night, women histor historically have gotten up and, and fed a child and taken care of a child, and the man goes out and works. And I believe the thing I love most about where we are today is that we rear children together, that it's not just a woman's responsibility. It's 
our responsibility to share in bringing up a life. And yet, there is that unique part of a woman that she brings into that child's life that you are the life giver. Uh, the one that provides the sustenance and, and a care like very few men, if at all, could ever do. And so it is, according to this woman, even though we believe what the Bible says about life being an undeserved gift, we often treat the presence of life as the gift we didn't ask for. The dirty dishes in the sink or laundry in the basket, evidence of God's provision for hungry mouths and naked bodies, becomes a burden. A baby's cries in the night or a child's exuberant outside voice, evidence of God's grace to sustain life in this sin-sick world, become an annoyance. Our fickle feelings about the gift of motherhood must submit to God's truth. We don't always feel like being parents. We don't always feel like getting up. We don't always feel like helping others. And yet, we are called, each and every one, to be servants. That's what we're called to be. And we're never too good for it. Uh, we're all called to serve. The third thing is mother is a verb, according to this lady. She said, whether we have zero biological children or 12, our opportunities to nurture others and mother uh, others in the, faith, in the faith are overwhelming. Adoptive mother's mother. Foster mother's mother. Biological mother's mother. Discipleship-making women, mother. The nurturing work of motherhood is not constrained to biological birth alone. So there are those of you in here that maybe you have not had children biologically. However, you have provided some care to somebody that you uniquely touched in some way. When I think about women, I always think about those who have sacrificed uh, from Mother Teresa to Mother Danita. Uh, Mother Teresa, of course, is the most famous probably of all females to touch the world and yet never had children of her own. When I think about Danita Estrella, who uh, I was the chairman of her board for years, children in Haiti, that she has a school now, a church, over 100 kids that she's adopted. She'll never have children of her own biologically, but she's got all these children that she's caring for. We can all provide care and nurture to other human beings. And women, I believe you do it in a way that nobody can compare with. And so we honor you today for who you are. And, and there is a role that we all play in honoring women and mothers today. Number one, if you are married, uh, husbands, I want you to listen very carefully to me. We have, uh, we have testosterone, and sometimes that which is a gift from God becomes a curse to man. We have to know how to temper our lives in such a way that we honor that, that spouse that you have. And in all of our imperfections, I want to say to you, start today from where you are and move forward. And listen to what the Bible says, that we are to lay our lives down. Now, the difficulty here in hist history, throughout history, and I've been marrying people for many, many, many years, performing marriages. And there is always that one scripture that every man seems to know, even if he's not saved women submit to your husband that's the only he doesn't know god so loved the world he doesn't know jesus saves he doesn't know anything but he's figured out how to control the relationship you are not controlled a call to control nor am i called to control that relationship a woman was brought out of the sight of man not out of his feet not out of his head not to be under him or over him but to walk beside him but the man's role is this 
that we are called to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. If you want a woman to submit to you, you love her the way Jesus loves you and watch and see what happens. But none of us can control another human being. We're not called to. We're not ever called to control another person. We're called to love everybody. And I would love to be able to say, hey, I've always done that. But I can tell you this, I have always been loved by God. And my pursuit in life now is to love everybody the way God loves me. Now, if you drive like an idiot, I may have a moment <laughs> where I'm not doing that. And I will repent and confess and admit it. But the reality is, if we believe something strong enough and long enough, we can begin to live that which we believe. And it would be my prayer today that you would believe something long enough, in this case, about women, that would cause us to behave in such a way that every woman in this room, and online, and in the world, is a daughter of God. And I have had to make so many changes in my life that I began using my youngest daughter as, as my model for change. That every dumb driver, I think, what if that was my little girl? How would I want to respond to her? Well, I'd want to say, it's all right, honey. I, I, you pulled out in front of everybody, and you were crazy. And, but, but I love you like crazy, so it's okay. I'm not even going to honk at you. And that's helped me a lot. <laughs> and so sometimes it's just, it's just about perspective. Uh, we're called to lift our spouse up. We're called to pray for them. And it says in 1 Peter 3, 7, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat her with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Now listen to this. If you don't treat her as you should, your prayers will not be heard. Now come on, God. Seriously. Your prayers will not be heard. So you wonder sometimes why your prayers are hitting the ceiling. They're not even getting out of the house or to the roof. Ask yourself, how am I treating this woman? And I know what you're going to say. Well, you know, she's just being me and cat scratch. Nyeh. No excuse. Because we're that way with God. and He never excuses himself from loving us. So we're called to love, to lay our lives down, to pray for them, and to be a helper for them. Let's look at a child's response. That's a father's response or a husband's response. Let's look, at a, let's look at a child's response. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, and let me say this to you. My mother is, is 88, just turned 88, doesn't know who I am. It wouldn't know, I mean, it hasn't known me for years. But I know that I'm called to honor her. I'm called to love her. I'm called to cherish my mother and treat her like a mother and to care for her. And it, you, there's never an excuse. You know, we live in a, a society that uh, there's this new generation called millennials. And, and I don't want to pick on any generation. You are who you are because of baby boomers like me. And I apologize. <laughs> you know, the, the fruit of the next generation, we can criticize millennials all we want. But we're the ones that gave birth to them. We're the ones that raised y'all that became self-absorbed. You know why? Because we were self-absorbed. And so all we did was pass it on to you, but it take, took on a little different shape. 
we, we were self-absorbed into making all the money we could make and working hard, and, and, and we didn't care for you the way we should have. And as a result, now, what is it, Cats in the Cradle, Jim Croce? Okay, some of y'all going, who is that? Google it. But, you know, we didn't do the right things. Maybe we didn't respond appropriately to you when you were children. So now you're like, I don't have to honor anybody. Look what you left me with. But let me say this to you. If you'll honor your father and mother and you'll start today regardless of what they do. I'm not saying they have a codependent relationship, dysfunctional relationship. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something our society doesn't talk about anymore, and that's honor. And you know what? Positions are are honorable positions. I've said this weeks prior, you honor those in authority according, according to Romans 12. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say you have to agree. You can even die for what you believe, but you can honor and be kind in the midst of it. So your mother may not have been a good mother. Your dad might not have been a good dad. I don't know. And maybe they did a lot of things wrong, but the reality is you don't have to be abused. That's not what I'm talking about. But you know what? You can honor that position and be kind. And I just will not allow anybody to dishonor authority. And if somebody's going to speak poorly of any president, I'm going to stop them and say, stop. You know what? We're called to honor that position. And the position of a mother, we're called to honor. Does it mean you agree with everything your mother did or does? But you're called to honor her. And it says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first of the Ten Commandments that ends with a promise. The first of the ten that ends with a promise. This is how important honor is. And this is the promise. If you honor your father and mother, you will live a long life full of blessing. You know, we get sidetracked by the things we feel, the way we've been treated. Our responses uh, are, are uh, likened to how we've been treated. Somebody has to stop the meanness. Somebody has to stop the things going on. And, and so sometimes you just have to look and you have to love and you have to honor. It doesn't mean you agree with someone. It just means that you want to do the right thing. And God has promises for people who respond appropriately. And it's very important that we not lose sight of that. Honor is not based on agreement. I don't honor somebody just because I agree with them. I honor them because they were put in a position to be honored. Mothers, you are in a position to be honored. On your worst day, you can tell your child, I may be a jerk, but honor me. I'm having a moment. Honor me. And so it's important, children, no matter what your age is, honor your mother and your father. And then lastly, a mother's response to Mother's Day. Mother's response to Mother's Day. And let me say this to you mothers. So many of you, your identity has been wrapped up in bringing your child up. Your identity has been uh, covered by how well you mothered your children. What other people think about your children. You get on to them, not because they're acting wrong, but because you want other people to think you're a great mom. Listen. You are a great not mom, not because your children are always dressed in the same right clothes or do the right things. You have a separate identity. God loves you not because you're a good mother. He loves you because you're his daughter. And that the pressure you have put on yourself, uh, you know, some parents take credit if their kids are highly successful. They beat their chest and say, it's all about me. No, any success that your kids have, they chose to do the right thing. 
Okay, now, you helped them. And I hope someday I can say, you know, I did the best I could to raise my kids. If I could go back and raise them again, trust me, I'd do a better job because now I have grandkids. And if God would have given us grandchildren first, we'd have been a lot better off. <laughs> but he gave us kids, and we grew up together, and we did a lot of things wrong, and we messed up a lot, and we did a lot of things we wish we hadn't done. You can't go back and do it over, but you can start from today, and you can change everything from this day forward and begin to be the person you wish you would have been back then. It's never too late. So moms, look. Some of you say, well, my daughter hasn't talked to me. My son hasn't talked to me in a long time. It's okay today. As a mother, your identity's not connected to, to this separation or this barrier or this wall. You are a child of God. You are loved by God. Not because you've been a great mom, but because you are his child. Release yourself from being so hard on yourself, wishing you'd done everything right and wishing you'd done everything different. Man, it's tough raising kids. And your kids are sitting here today going, I got this. Just be there to hug them when it gets stupid, because it will. You know, when they start raising their own kids, and, you know, it, 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 we just look. Every, if I was a mom or if I was a dad, no, you don't know what you'd do. You don't know what you'd be. But I do know this. Be the person God wants you to be. Just be that person. Don't lose your identity in your children. Today, start. This is your response to Mother's Day saying, Today, I'm liberating myself from all the mistakes I made or all the mistakes I was told I made. And today, I have a separate identity. On this day, mothers, because I'm telling you, I know how tough being just a Father's Day is for me being a father looking and going, all the mistakes I've made, all the things I wish I would have done, all the things I wish I would have said. Mothers, I know you feel that. And you know what? We can't live in, in that shadow of, of our mistakes. We can't live in the shadow of sin when Jesus came and died on the cross to set us free. We need to live free. And we need to realize we're not perfect. We'll never be perfect. And we've made our mistakes. But thank God, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. So I declare freedom to you moms today. And I want to I encourage you today to not feel like you have to perform. As a matter of fact, I want you to just say, today I'm taking some time for me. You know what? And so many mothers feel guilty. Well, I just feel so bad. Oh, Mama, don't feel bad. When Mama Wesley Charles and John Wesley's mother had, I what, 17 kids, some enormous amount of kids. And they, they didn't have money, so they had this one-room house or whatever. And she'd just say, when I put my apron up over my head, she's working all day cleaning and cooking, she'd look at her kids and say, just leave me alone. I got my time with God. Some of you women, you just need to close the door, lock it twice, Wedge it, put a towel under it, <laughs> bolt it, weld it, <laughs> and just say, I'm going to have some me time. Get you some Dawn liquid soap, put in the bathtub. <laughs> Bubble up for Jesus. And enjoy your time. We honor you today, and we thank God for you. And we know that there are many of you today that are celebrating as I said earlier, some of you today came here hoping that maybe just something would break in your life that would cause you to be free. And I'm believing that'll happen. And so I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. And, and I want to pray for you. And here's why I was praying. I was up this morning early, early in my office yesterday afternoon trying to figure out what I could say. I'm a man. I don't, 
Man, I, I don't know that I have much of a clue, but I do know what I have a clue about is I'm called to love everybody. And I can love you even though I don't understand how difficult it might have been for you living in this male-dominated society and, and working hard and desiring respect and all of those things. But I do know this. I love you, and I'm called to be your pastor. And I, I want to do my best to bring healing to this house. And some of you came here broken, and that's what Mosaic's about. Just a bunch of pieces of broken people that come together to make a beautiful portrait of what God can do through His Son, Jesus Christ. And there is no doubt in this place today, there are those of you that have not been able to bear children. There are those of you that you waited and waited and now you, you can't. Those of you that have experienced abortion, something that we don't talk about because so many people have been so angry. And the reason I mention it today is because some of you have waited a long time for somebody to say it. And you've waited even longer for somebody to tell you, it's okay. Jesus died so that you and I could be forgiven. And today you need that forgiveness. Today you need to be free. You've carried that around long enough. You've shamed yourself and others have shamed you. But today we're going to lift the shackles of shame off of your life. And you're going to walk out of here a liberated woman knowing how much God loves you. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, women, if any one of those things that I said not having children, having an abortion, wishing things would have been different, losing children. And you say, I've just been under the weight of this my entire life. Ever since it happened, ever since I can remember, would you please pray for me? And we'll ask Jesus to lift this weight off of you, to break the shackles that have held you. And just simply with heads bowed and eyes closed, and those of you watching online, I want to ask you just to lift your hand up and put it right back down if that's you. Say today, wow, all over the building. Wow, all over the place. Thank you. Thank you, women. Thank you. Wow. I'm so proud of you. Now I'm going to tell you what's about to happen. You're about to be free. You just lifted your hand and acknowledged, I don't want this anymore in my life. I'm not going to have you do anything else. Don't let your heart race a, a minute longer because this is not about me and you. This is about you and God. This is about Him touching your life. And you have acknowledged and you have requested that Jesus would touch you this morning. And He's going to touch you right now. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk free. You're going to walk out of here feeling like you've never felt in your life. I prophesy that over your life right now. It's over. The days of shame are over. The days of guilt are behind you. It is time for you to walk free. And we as a body stand with you and we declare your freedom. Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name, I lift these women up who lifted their hands. They have acknowledged they need a touch from you. They've said, I'm hurting. I've made mistakes. God, I need you right now. I stand with them, God. I know what it's like to live in the shadows of shame and under the shackles of guilt. I know what it's like as a man, as a human being. And it's hard and it hurts. And these women have a very unique need. And God, I, I pray for them. I pray, God, 
for the woman who's not been able to have children that she would find her place and just realize how much of a difference she's made in other people's lives and other people's children's lives and and Lord the woman who's just this this had an abortion God today I just thank you that you wrap your arms around her and you love her and let her experience freedom today knowing that you've never stopped loving her and that that's why Jesus died was to forgive us for the mistakes and sins that that we've committed and so Lord may there be liberty in this house and liberty in these lives today and liberty to those who are watching online it is no accident that you connected to Mosaic Church OKC today and I am here to tell you no matter where you are around the world that today you're free today you're forgiven today God's love is going to come into your life and change you forever and ever and ever in Jesus name now with heads bowed and eyes closed there are those of you that say I'm not a Christian and folks, let me tell you, salvation is the greatest gift that God ever, ever sent to earth, ever offered to humanity. And if you're not a Christian or a Christ follower, there's no judgment on you today. The devil has lied to you and made you believe that you couldn't possibly be forgiven. You're not a good enough person. You haven't done good, good enough in this life, and, and you can't be good enough. That's the devil's greatest lie, and it's his greatest lie. But I'm telling you today... If you'll just simply call on the name of Jesus, the Bible says you'll be saved, you'll be forgiven. And I want to pray for you today. I want you to be free. I want you to walk out of here a believer, a follower of Christ. It's not about what you wear. It's not about your hair. It's not about the color of your hair. It's not about anything other than you exercising faith in Jesus Christ today. We all need Him every day, every moment of every day. So if you're here and say, man, I would love, and watching online, I would love to be a Christian. You mean if I call on his name, I'll be saved? Absolutely. So if that's you and you say, please pray for me, I want to ask you to just slip your hand up right now. Thank you. Are there others? Just slip your hand up and say, pray for me. Thank you. Are there others? I need prayer today. I want to be a Christian. Okay. I want us all to pray this prayer, if you would, please. Say, Father God, today I come to you in the name of Jesus your only son and I repent of my sin Jesus I call on your name and I declare I am forgiven I am free amen